The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today we are lucky to have with us, coming all the way from Baltimore, Maryland, the wonderful, the one and only Dr. April Lisbon. April, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Hackey. It's a pleasure. Now, introduce yourself properly. I didn't want to start because you have so many things and I'm going to mess it up. I wanted you to do it good. Absolutely. Um, so as Dr. Hackey has said, my name is Dr. April J. Lisbon. By profession, I am a 20-year veteran, public education, K-12 school psychologist, but I'm also an autism coach and strategist. I am the mother of three beautiful children, and my oldest son is actually on the autism spectrum. So a lot of the work that I do is geared towards supporting the needs of families, especially moms raising children on the autism spectrum. I'm also a three-time published author. One of my books, my second book, is an international award-winning book. So for me, this is my life, this is my journey, and my goal is to provide more advocacy for families raising children on the autism spectrum, as well as other neurodiverse um, disorders. Well, thank you so much for looking out for all of us who have different brains. But let's talk first about your most important job as a mom to someone on the autism spectrum. Yes, yes. So you know what? Um, I will be honest with you. This is our first time really connecting. The first time that I heard the word autism for my son was when he was two years old. And I will tell you, the person who told me that he was autistic, I didn't want to believe that person. Because of my professional background, I felt like I knew more than the person who was um, doing the assessment. So I really wasn't ready to hear it. It was not until, and I'm looking up in the air because I'm trying to think through the dates. It really wasn't until my son was four years old that I really started to embrace the idea that he was autistic. And that came about because this was the second time within a two-year span that my son, my preschooler, was actually going to be expelled from a preschool program, private program, but he was going to be expelled because of behaviors that were out of his control. And so for me, you know, when the, the word autism came about, there was a lot of guilt, there was a lot of shame, there was a lot of condemnation that came with the process. And I got to a point in life when I realized that, you know, my son's autism doesn't define him. It's his superpower. And when I started to look less at what theory taught me as a school psychologist and look at my son for who he was, then I then began to not only embrace the idea of having an autistic child, but really learning how to see life through his eyes. And I will tell you, Dr. Hackey, I don't know how he survives this world. I don't know how he creates all of the gifts and talents from drawing to building Legos to just thinking through life. Um, I don't know how he does it in a, in a place that's very peaceful, if that makes sense. So, you know, where I would come to a place where I think things and everything is like on high octane and chaotic, 
he will always tell me, mom, trust the process. It's going to be okay. And here I am thinking this is a, now he's 14. Here's my 12, 13 year old kid telling me, mom, just trust the process. It will be okay. But I think that's because he just sees life through different lenses and he has learned how to put the pieces together. So for me, that has been the greatest part of our journey, our autism journey as a mom and as a, you know, having an autistic child. Well, it's very well put and you know, special needs parents, you can't feel like the Lone Ranger out there. And I, you know, what you just said about uh, your son telling you, it's gonna be okay, all right? I remember when I was thinking how to end the movie I, I wrote, produced, and directed, The Square Root of Two. And at the very end, uh, and I remembered something uh, my daughter Rebecca had told me. She's walking with her father and he's like, uh, nervous and everything, and she says, uh, have a little faith, you know, and <laughs> yeah, it really, really is. And the mothers especially, um, in, in my Aspiratool's book, I call mothers like you um, angels with a pit bull mentality because you're in the, you're in the trenches all the time. You're doing everything. And you have a unique perspective because you're a school psychologist. Mm -hmm. And yet here you are up front saying, well, I went through denial for two years. Yes. I went through it. And for some parents, it never ends. It's a constant, constant denial. What was the single biggest hurdle you faced in bringing up your child with autism? You know what? I would say the single biggest hurdle that we've gone through on this journey was last year, and that was related to school bullying. Now, I will tell you that my son is a very even keel kind of kid. You know, he has great um, opportunities to socialize with other kids. The kids like him. You know, he has friends, um, selected friends, but he does have friends. And his seventh grade year, which was about two years ago, he had experienced school bullying. And as an educator in the field, in my child's school district, um, I, I follow policy, I follow procedure, because once again, I train on bullying. I train parents on bullying, I train educators on bullying, and I also would do bullying groups with um, either my school social worker or school counselor. So I am on bullying overload. And when he was in seventh grade, we went through this process where we did everything right by the book, yet the school did not believe him. And it created a wedge between my son and I, where he got to the point where he became highly suicidal, um, as well as homicidal. There was a part um, on that journey where he had threatened to do harm to me with knives. And I knew it wasn't him because that wasn't my child, if that makes sense. But because of the emotional turmoil, as I call it, the emotional war zone of his seventh grade year, it just finally took its toll on him and he couldn't handle it anymore. Uh, we had a lot of calls to the police. One of the things, you know, I had never heard about an education, never heard of any of my parents talked about. I was literally calling the police to come to my home to basically protect my children and myself from my son, because he had become so aggressive that he was harming people. And 
it finally got to a point where he had to become he had he was hospitalized he had to be committed and i will tell you even before the hospitalization the one thing that crushed me as a parent was that when the police officer asked my son do you want to ride in a car with your mom or do you want to ride in a squad car he chose to ride with the police and for me that just took the wind out of my sail because my son and i we have always had a beautiful relationship um, like I said, he is a very even keeled kind of a child. And so when he didn't talk about bullying, it was like, well, is it really bullying? Is it not bullying? Because, you know, once again, people always say, well, you know, people with autism, they misread social cues. And that was one of the things. And I think that's what that's what really set my son over the edge was when we actually went to the school, we talked to administration, and that was a fiasco in the least. So even as a school psychologist working in education, I still received the same treatment as parents saying, oh, well, the school never got back to me. That's correct. Um, but we did everything right. And unfortunately, the school side actually sided with the bully because as the officer told me, there were two things that I learned on that day. Um, the first thing was that because this child was a, a teen, um, when it comes to like the exchange of money or a child asking for money from another child in our, in our particular county and in our particular state, that's considered to be strong armed robbery. So as a mom, I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I don't want a sixth or seventh grade student to be charged with strong armed robbery. I'm like, that will, you know, that will destroy this child's entire life. But we did what was supposed to be done when it came to school bullying. And the results from their investigation with my son, their investigation with the other students, was that um, because that one student had tears in his eyes, they felt that my son misunderstood what was happening, a.k.a. because he's autistic, he didn't pick up on the social cues. So that's why, you know, he misread what was happening to him. And a couple of days later, Guess who was telling the truth? My son. Why? Because he got punched on the school bus from a different child, but he got punched on the school bus. The only reason why the school district, the school, that particular school believed my son was because it was caught on video. And I'm like, it literally took a video for the school to finally believe that my son was telling the truth. But by that point in time, it was already too late. My son had a five-day hospitalization, and that was hard as a mom because he only received 10 minutes of conversation time every single day during his day, and he was actually two and a half hours away from home. Um, and, and, and like I said, it really took its toll not only on myself and my children, but also on him being away. And just the mental anguish of just going through the psychiatric state and all those things, it really built a wedge. And so when my, my son was finally returned home, and, and like I tell people, he is, he's highly intelligent, but he felt like at that moment in time that I had wronged him by, by basically having him um, being hospitalized. So when he finally got back home, I will tell you the behaviors heightened even more to the point where I was going to take him to the orthodontist and he tried to choke me in the hallway. Um, because he was still upset that I had done this to him. I, you know, I had made him tell, you know, the school administrators, you know, what happened to him. I had him hospitalized. I had him, you know, placed into the squad car. 
you know, because he was just that emotionally charged from all of the school bullying that had happened to him. And eventually he had to, um, I had to remove him from the home. So he ended up um, going a couple of weeks with my dad um, in another state. And that seemed to help him because when he came back, you know, it was an adjustment for the family. We were all walking on eggshells, not knowing what his response patterns were going to be. But I will tell you um, that he has grown so much. We haven't had any any more issues. Um, I finally was able to bring out the knives in May of this year after not, you know, cutting, um, not having knives inside of our home since April of 2018. So by May, a little over about 13 months, we were finally able to bring the knives and I will tell you, he has blossomed so much um, from from what has happened to him. And, you know, we as a family have grown together to the point where, you know, we're not hiding anything from each other to the point where, you know, we realize that it is OK that if something doesn't feel right, that we have to talk about it, even if people don't believe us. We have to understand that we create the support system that we need. But yeah, that was the most challenging part of this autism journey. And I'm sure there'll be some more. But for me, that was the first time I've ever seen my son go from, you know, zero to 100 in such an aggressive manner in his entire life. Now, does he have any other comorbidity diagnoses? Um, so for him, they... Um, they body dysmorphia. I don't remember the correct terminology for that, but that was one of the diagnoses that they had for him. Um, and they also diagnosed him with generalized anxiety disorder. Is he on any medications? He is actually not. So although he's followed by a, um, a, a social worker and a psychiatrist, his psychiatrist has a more holistic approach to working with him. And so at this point, he has been okay without medication. Um, so we have a follow-up next month, but so far he has not been required to have any type of medication. Great. And uh, how old is he now? He just turned 14 last week, Friday. Okay. And how's he doing in school now? You know what, Dr. Hackey? I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. So um, this year, this is a kid who's primarily been like a C, every now and again, B student. This is the first time, excluding a couple of classes, that he actually has A's in his classes, something that I don't think even he himself believed that he could do, no matter how much I would encourage him. You have what it takes to be an A-B student. This is the first time ever in his educational career that he sees that he has the ability to do. And I will tell you, it goes back to having a supportive school environment. So last school year, what I did was rather than sending him back to his zoned school, I, I requested to have a zone variance for him to go to another school. And he already knew the principal because that principal used to be the assistant principal at his prior school. And they looked out for him. They supported him. And last year, he felt like he was a part of a community. And so I wanted to replicate that same feeling. So I requested a zone variance for him to go to um, a different high school with the students that he went with, um, you know, last year. And he's blossoming. And I'm thinking to myself, whose kid is this? I've dreamed about this. I know this is who you are. But to see it manifest in reality and for you yourself to see that you have it is phenomenal. Um, one of the things that I learned last year was that, you know, he was one of 20 students to be selected for JROTC. So there were only 20 slots available last school year. And as a rising freshman, he got picked. 
you know, and JRTC has been phenomenal for him um, when it comes to organization and, you know, providing him with discipline, but more importantly, giving him that smaller sense of family and friends and community that he could be proud of. So he has done a great job so far. Well, that's great. And, uh, you know, that's a great saga of a tough journey and looks like it's uh, he's doing pretty good right now. What is the biggest piece of advice you have for our parents out there who have a special needs uh, child? Uh, what advice would you have for them? You know what? Um, just thinking through our my journey with my son for the last 12 years, because like I said, age two is when the first time I heard about autism, is don't give up. Even through the highs and lows, even when you feel like, like I used to tell people, you are ready to run away from home and never come back, don't give up. Your children are hearing you. They 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 support you. Um, even when they're pushing back, they know that you love them. They know that you care about them. They know that that they can they can trust you, and that's a big thing. Um, building that trust with your child and, and and understanding that this is all a part of the journey. This is something that that is out of your control. But whatever you do, don't give up on the journey. And the second thing is, don't accept what people tell you is right about your child or um, based on you know theory or practices. There are some times when you're going to have to push back. I had to learn that. Um, switching roles between being a school psychologist and being a parent. Pushing back is okay. It is your right as um, as a parent of a child with any type of neurodiverse um, learning. Push back if you have to, but understand that you are the voice for your child. And finally, you know, there aren't any right or wrong ways to parent a child. You know, this doesn't come with a manual, but what you have to do is you have to understand what works best for your child you have to understand that just because something worked, you know, worked better for Jack doesn't mean that it's going to work for your own child. Be gentle with yourself on this journey. Understand once again that nothing is perfect. We, you know, we learn from our mistakes. We celebrate our successes, and we just keep moving. Very good advice. Please tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and how they can get your books and more about how they can interact with you? Absolutely. So um, you can re get all of my books, um, both on Amazon as well as Barnes and Nobles. So they are on, like I said, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, as well as I think it was a group, the, the Walmart um, bookstore online. You can also get all three books there as well. To reach out to me on social media, um, both my Instagram and my Facebook handles are Autism Coach Strategist, that's one word. And then you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. And my LinkedIn handle is AskDocApril. That's A-S-K-D-O-C-A-P-R-I-L. Dr. April Lisbon, it's been such a pleasure to have you here on another episode. Thank you episode. so much for having me. Thank you I so much. It. Thank you and uh, keep up the great work. Uh, it's been great to have you here on Exploring Different Brains. We look forward to having you back again. And uh, keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Dr. Hackey. It's been a pleasure. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.